Clustered Conversations. Clustered Conversations by Weka. Hey there, and welcome back to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And this week we're joined by Brian Mitchell, one of our newest SEs out there in Atlanta. Actually, you're not that new now. I mean, you're like, uh, what, three, four months? Yeah, right on. You are, you're now a, a He's veteran. He's an old-timer of now, yeah. <laughs> and so Brian's been working uh, back east with a lot of pipelines in video entertainment with a lot of the guys out there. Uh, and when he's not doing VFX or working with Weka, he's uh, out flying planes. Looks like. Thank you, what, Bob and Josh. Wait, what kind here. of what kind of planes? Are we talking Gulf Stream fives here, <laughs> or are we talking paragliders? Uh, uh, we're talking a uh, commercial aviation Airbus. Really? Yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. So uh, my wife always says, "Hey, you know, uh, if the uh, first officer, the captain, are incapacitated." I don't want to be on that plane. I said, "Oh, honey, you got to have faith in me." Well, you know, landing and, and actually landing are two different things. You can get down the yes, ground. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any so, landing you can walk away from is a good <laughs> landing, right? It was, it was a great day, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Brian's came in with us with a bunch of uh, background in media entertainment. I've worked in media entertainment for a while since I worked out in Southern California for most of my career and covered a lot of the studios. But uh, I worked mostly on the IT side, the business side of m and uh, even though it was kind of cool. Some of the uh, data centers are actually on the sound stages. It's crazy. But uh, um, Brian's been working more with the VFX houses and the guys who do the, the cool stuff in the background that, that makes uh, the movies pop these days. So, uh, Brian, how'd you, uh, you kind of come to be in m and Is it just a location or just a passion? Where did it come from? <laughs> Funny you ask. Uh, you know, really, m and found me, right? I uh, worked on a lot of the major motion pictures, some of the uh, recent Super Bowl TV spots, definitely some of those AAA gaming projects, of course, broadcasters, immersive content. You know, it's uh, been a long journey, but uh, wow, you know, love it here. Everything from Pulse, VFX, even Playout. Was it just, uh, you know, just happened to be uh, in... in uh the the atlanta area or is it more just you just really love that kind of field and kind of gravitate towards it you know it's 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 a mixture of both atlanta's the second hollywood hollywood of the east they call it right um you know i've uh spent a lot of time former places running a lot of the major studios you know working on a lot of the content projects for uh various uh media asset managements uh, as well as even a lot of the VFX shops. And, you know, this is definitely something that I get really passionate about. Right on. So if well, I wanted to look up your IMDB link, could I, could I see your credits there, bro? <laughs> I wish, I wish. Uh, hey, maybe one day, maybe one day. You never know. Yes, yes. Well, you're now at Weka. I mean, you've been at other file system places before, and you're now yeah. at Weka. What, what attracted you to Weka, and, you know, especially with your m background, what attracted you here? Sure. You know, I looked at WEC and I said, wow, you know, it's the it's the best of all worlds for media and entertainment. Right. Um, you know, auto tuning workflows. Right. I don't have to tune or retune for, say, playback scrubbing, color grading, transcoding, rendering, compositing, all those various workflows across the pipeline. Second, it's all around zero copy pipeline. You know, we've all seen places where. They will ingest, they'll edit, they'll transcode, they'll uh, you know, push to distribution. 
And all those are unique silos. They don't talk well together. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of the ME apps, right? I, I once told someone, it's like, uh, kind of like duct tape and a lot of uh, crazy glue code just to make these things talk well together. Whereas here at Weka, wow, you know, I can consolidate to a single content pool, right? Then uh, finally, I really love our partnerships with the likes of Amazon Nimble Studio and Art Studio on AWS. I can spin up those studios on demand. It's fully integrated, just works. Cool. So uh, what did you think of our uh, SMB stack for the most part? I mean, I know uh, Josh and I have worked on this thing for about a year now. Um, I mean, how's it, how's it working for you? Performing very well. You know, uh, we've got a, quite a few customers that are saying, look, I, I need to be able to start to transition. So my render jobs from, say, Flame with uh, Unreal Engine 5 to uh, our SMB stack, right? Uh, this is working out very well. We're talking... Uh, you know, minimum, uh, you know, 3.5 gigs uh, a client of throughput. Nice. Uh, you know, in other cases, we're looking at a lot of those traditional post shops. Think about broadcasters, right? They want to be able to uh, run Adobe Premiere, After Effects, et cetera. And uh, what do they leverage? Well, they're Windows workstations with uh, SMB. So, uh, you know, the stack is rock solid. It just works. It's got all the SMB features like multi-channel built in, ready to roll. Cool. Um, so, I mean, well, Josh and I were at the AWS show and then the week after some of the guys went to the Dell show, you got lucky and got to go to the uh, <laughs> NAB show. show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give, us yes. a, can you give us a quick rundown on how, how we were, you know, seen there or, you know, anything cool you saw that we can help partner with or, or, or any, any place where we're kind of featured. Sure. You know, Bob, Josh, uh, NAB was absolutely amazing. Uh, after three years, we were able to catch up with old buddies, old friends, and make some new friends as well. Um, I want to say attendance was something like uh, 52,000 attendees this year. Uh, remember in the past, it was well over 100K attendees. So it's definitely uh, changed, but in a good way. Um you know, we were uh, meeting both with customers. Uh, in fact, uh, speaking of customers, we actually had uh, Untold Studios present their Frito-Lay Super Bowl ad and the making of that Super Bowl ad on Weka in the AWS theater in a booth. Really cool stuff, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally. Were there any other, any, other, like, any other kind of major projects that have been running on Weka that were like talked about at NAB? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we were talking about um, another project with Preymaker. Uh, Preymaker is a uh, studio, VFX studio out here in New York City. Uh, you know, they are starting to do a lot of film, episodic, and mm -hmm. advertising content that, uh, of course, works great on AWS. They're 100% AWS with uh, tools such as Flame and ShotGrid, et cetera. Uh, you know, uh, great times catching up with uh, both of those customers, as well as a lot of other customers and partners. Right on. Um, now, so go ahead, Josh. So Brian, usually uh, at NAB, there's a, uh, an entirely unrelated conference that happens at roughly the same time. That happened again this year? Mm -hmm. Ah, um, it did. 
It did. It exactly did. And, uh, you know, it was good to, uh, to, to, to get, uh, get to know a lot of those people. You got it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I I know we've done some work in the past with Autodesk. We've been kind of trying to get in, uh, more and more in in touch with the, uh, the application makers to, to ingratiate Mm -hmm. us into the M&E space. What have we been doing with Flame? I mean, I know that's uh, something that I've heard about. I've seen about. Sure. You know, um, a lot. Uh, number one is let's talk about what the challenge is first with Flame and how uh, customers have tried to solve this. In, in years past, um, we all know each workflow requires highly tuned I.O. So using Flame as an example, if I'm doing, say, color grading in Flame, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, I can see, visually look at that. But when I actually look at the I.O. patterns of that, for example, that's mostly a read pattern. In other cases, you know, maybe it's a um, read-write pattern, right? Or mostly write pattern. So I can actually look at, you know, each individual workflow is sequential versus random read-write uh, ratios. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We're auto-tuning that. So why do um, customers like Preymaker and Untold um, run on Flame with Weka? easy. Number one is they don't have to worry about tuning, retuning their rendering or compositing, lighting, et cetera, et cetera. But more specifically on, on Flame, uh, during NAB, we um, launched our Flame on the Cloud with Weka in AWS. This is the big announcement hmm. where uh, we said, look, if you want Flame on demand, we're ready. It used to take weeks and massive upfront costs to spin up these Flame workstations. Now, just spin it up with uh, Arch Studio so, uh, directly in your VPC on demand. Awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and y- you can scale this stuff as well, right? Um, you're not limited to expensive Flame hardware, like I mentioned. You can run instances of new project servers, burn nodes, all this stuff. Yeah. Makes life simple. All through Teradici or nice DCV uh, to a client back in mac windows in your favorite coffee shop (laughs) perfect now i remember uh what was it not too long ago there may have been a bit of a ludicrous display of Mm -hmm. uh of sporting around about eh, november ish i believe and one of those commercials i remember being it it was you know completely 3d rendered but it looked it looked photorealistic it was amazing can you go into a little bit about that frog commercial Oh yes, the uh, the 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 frog commercial. Yes, uh, you know it's funny. Um, we we talked about that. We talked about uh, you know qu- quite a few of those. You know when you start talking about um, the entire VFX pipeline. Wow, you know there there's a lot of times where people say, "Oh wow, you know it's just easy, right? You just uh, do the CG work, you know, you, just do the thing. you just render do the thing. a few frames, you know, texture it, you're done, right? No, and it's not that simple. Literally, um, for example, our, our friends at Untold, they were able to look at rough orders of like 11, 12 years of uh, full-time work and compress that down to weeks. No joke, weeks. How do they do that? Well, a few things. One is they're sitting there saying, oh, you know, a good example of this, um, there was a, there was a, in, in that commercial, they had um, a park ranger or, or someone, uh, they, the director says, 
oh, you know, we need to change this from a male to female character. What happened? They had to go back on site, uh, ironically, uh, just, uh, you know, in a, in a universal backlog and uh, reshoot that stuff with uh, the fake trees, fake shrubbery, et cetera. And uh, literally it was, all right, now we're going to uh, rebuild the uh, mesh. We're going to rebuild all the, all the frames. And it came together, very short order. But the challenge here is, if the director says, oh, you know, that doesn't look right, we'll clean it up in post, people just throw up their hands and say, oh, you know, leave it to post, right? <laughs> and, and here's what doesn't change. The deadline, right? The deadline stays the same. So they were challenged with, look, we got to deliver this on time, on budget, which they did. And uh, they were able to get that, push that out. And uh, wow, you know. The commercials, the advertising looks amazing. Absolutely. That's one thing I would like to dive into a little bit is the kind yeah. of how the, the workloads are, you know, a little bit different, obviously, with M&E. You know, data is data, you know, reads and writes are, are reads and writes. Data is coming in, data is coming out. Um, yeah. But the, the kind of more specific and, and unique challenges to m and I guess, you know, specifically around deadlines, uh, but yeah. also around kind of a, a rather diverse and, and disparate kind of set of users and you know, folks that have very strong opinions about the tools that they use and it must live on X platform and I must use, you know, Y application. Like, can you go into a little bit about that kind of those, those challenges that are, that are there and kind of unique to the space? Oh yeah. hundred percent, Josh Sheffield, you know, M&E media and entertainment is a very broad category. You have production. So pre-prod production, post-prod. You've got distribution. Think about, uh, you know, OTT, your streaming, over-the-top streaming services, video on demand, as well as standard linear broadcasts like you watch on your typical TV or satellite. You know, in other cases, you have the back end, we call it, the marketing, the ad analytics, even monetization platforms. So uh, rights management. So you've got a lot of broad categories here. Most of what we focus on will be those two first areas, the, the collaboration, uh, right? The post-production, including visual effects, as well as the play out, right? So in those two areas, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, I could spend all day talking about this, right? <laughs> uh, everything from, um, okay, what if I need to, to, to uh, you know, ingest um, some, some dailies, uh, from from shots uh, on site, and now I need to say, I right, I need to start working on these, right? I need to uh, build out uh, my my workflows. I need to understand that. Look, uh, when I build out these things, I cannot have any drop frames. Period. Right. Good news here, we can start to do playback scrubbing at some insane amount, like 500x playback scrubbing, zero drop frames. That's even on raw footage, right? Think about uh, totally uncompressed raw footage, not like a, your typical iPhone where you have, uh, or Android device, you know, where it compresses everything. No way. Um, in other like cases- 4K uncompressed HDR oh, yeah. frames, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Fact, funny you mentioned that, uh, you know, in terms of UHD content, we're not just seeing 4K, 6K. We're now- working towards 8K, in some cases, 16K formats with uh, not 
Oh yeah, not just like you know 29, 30 frames a second, which is typical for uh, TV or uh, films, but no, 60, 120, 240 frames a second. That's you know high frame rate yeah. stuff as well. That's extremely high frame rate. I mean, yeah, like TVs. I, I know there are some TVs now. You can get you can get a 4K TV that supports like NVIDIA G Sync that'll do 120 or maybe 144 right. frame right. a second sort of thing, but that. Like that's usually meant for you know, you're sitting there playing your PlayStation Five Pro, or you you know you got your gaming PC rigged up to it, and you're you're trying yeah. to get super high frame rate, and you're just you're hoping that you can afford or find a, a GPU that'll actually push those frames. Um, like 16K media content, like what's what kind of time to to market? What kind of time to like that actually being consumable at the home? Is that is that even on the you horizon? Know- that that's that's way off the horizon at this point. I believe there's been some prototypes at CES uh, for 8K, and you know there, there there's 16K uh, uh, televisions. But when we start looking at this, uh, it's much more about those immersive content experiences. Uh, it's a much more like those theme park attractions, for example. Mm. Uh, you know, and then then we get into even uh, gaming platforms. Uh, we, we typically, you know, have now just touched the surface of Unreal Engine 5 just released. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are the sort of things that um, are still a few years away, but uh, we're quickly rolling into uh, these ultra high def, high frame rate workflows, 100%. Uh-huh. So maybe like 10 years from now or so when, when the next crop of, you know, remastered whatever, you know, Blu-ray, quote unquote Blu-ray for today, but you know, remastered in the future. It was, oh, it only came out on that paltry 4K originally, <laughs> but now we've just digitally remastered it into 16K and realistically, it's just being released at what it was filmed at. Oh, yeah. yeah, a new TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Oh, yeah. More TV sales, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, we, we joke about this, but uh, we're literally starting to see OTT uh, over the top and even streaming platforms running with 100% 4K channels. No joke, right? right? Yeah, you can wow. run on your typical YouTube or your other streaming services. But this is literally uh, content from your cable or satellite provider running in 4K. And it comes down to bandwidth, bit rates. You get the point, yeah. right? How That's much like, can you squeeze I, in a pipe? I'm personally more, uh, I believe more in the streaming services doing that. Because I know mm-hmm. the cable operators, even though they said they had HD in the beginning, they were compressing the heck out of it. And then they've done the same thing to 4K. It's it's 4K, but it's not, you know, it's compressed the heck out of it. So you do oh, get yeah. a lot of art, artifacts in it. Whereas yeah. the streaming services do a little better job of, if you do have the bandwidth, they do actually render of all the way. You know, that's, that's a great point because um, when I'm looking for the cleanest signal, I'm definitely looking at uh, streaming services, number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But number two is, you know, Josh, you, you mentioned earlier some of the workflows. This perfect segue to talk about distribution, right? Delivery, playout, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the challenges is when I look at these head units, these are playout head units that actually will take the stuff to satellite, cable, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Wow. These things, they only have 30 seconds, a minute of cash, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, think about your standard like SD card, micro SD card. Well, what happens on the back end is it's being fed from a pool of file system, a content pool, storage 
uh, pool. Mm-hmm. And so that caching has to be available 24 by 7, right? You cannot uh, have dead air or dropped frames when you go to play out. Good news is, uh, you know, WECA is all about that. Uh, we've built in all the hooks, all the uh, integration there. Definitely. Awesome. Sweet. So, I mean, Josh and I have been working on a few others. So we've got customers now, uh, I guess, doing the entire pipeline. We've got the uh, Auto Shop Flame, uh, sorry, Autodesk Flame that's going on as well, Auto Shop. Auto Shop. Back, back in we, 10th grade. Uh, <laughs> and then we, we've got... You're trying to V8 swap the, the Pinto again? Come on. <laughs> we've got customers doing, uh, you know, inline, um, uh, putting the information on the screen as it's as the video is going through it with Weka, as well as now I've got customers doing color correction and editing on Weka. It's, it's crazy to see how far we've come in such a short period of time. Oh, it, it really is. You know, um, it was funny. You know, we were talking with a few of our customers back at NAB, and uh, they were talking about, uh, hey, you know, some of the things that uh, we're building uh, where we can literally uh, render, um, for example, uh, a character's hair flowing um, in the wind, or um, you know, when when we start to work off of rigging um, these models. In other words, uh, I can before we can animate stuff, mm-hmm. we have to build a digital skeleton for animators to use. It's called rigging, and this rigging means uh, in, involving bones, calculating and implementing skin weight, muscles, mm-hmm. replicating that natural movement. Mm-hmm. We have come so far, gang from the old days. Uh, literally, the old days, someone would uh, try to position a camera angle and, you know, add a, uh, a smoke for a train passing by or something like that. We've come so far. Um, even some of the early uh, animations, think about uh, 1980s, 1990s animation versus now. Wow. Um, you can literally... Uh, run, say, um, you know, a, a RenderMan or, or, excuse me, Maya with RenderMan and start to have um, a crowd scene where each individual CG, each individual person will look different, will have different movements. We've well, all so, seen this. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm still paying for my psychological bills from uh, the first Final Fantasy movie. That one really <laughs> messed with me. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> No. And then I worked with a, a, a back in God. This is early two thousands. They were mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about how they were rendering the orcs, and they were doing it using a, a random number generator for the length of the the shin and the length of the femur. So each one had a different gait. So that was yeah. always very fascinating. And then yesterday online, I saw a demonstration of the latest uh, um, uh, what's it, the Unreal Engine that yep. is running with a Japanese train station, and the realism and the motion was so amazing that I was completely blown away. It looked like it was, it was picture perfect. Oh, hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, we were, uh, I was looking at some the other day, uh, the movie, the Titanic, right. Mm-hmm. One of the most you know, famous movies out there. And, uh, it's nothing but green screens, but what they're, what they're literally doing is saying, all right, um, let's put this, uh, real life character into a live action scene. And then, overlay things like explosions or maybe uh, uh, water 
on underneath the um, ship. And the movie would... unfairly maligned an iceberg. That iceberg was just sitting there doing nothing. It was, it was, it was all the ship's fault. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. You know, uh, those, those silly icebergs, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, what's funny is uh, a lot of these uh, um, elements, in, when we talk about compositing in part, part of the VFX pipeline, this is exactly uh, how we've evolved these techniques where whether it's color correction, masking, any of these things, it creates that illusion that all the elements naturally belong together. As I, as I always say, gang, the best visual effects is the stuff you don't see. Yeah, that's oh, true. true. I, I've, I've been watching some of the uh, the fantasy stuff that they do within the, um, the the Atlanta studios for the Marvel movies and the TV shows, mm-hmm. even the, the, the Star Wars stuff. Yep. It's amazing that it's the green screen. I mean, it used to be blue screen back when Superman was done, right? Then I went to green screen during the, the Star Wars days. And now it's literally a, a high resolution digital screen that moves with your eyes. It is hmm. the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's no longer like they're not, they're living on a projected set. It's unreal. Oh, I know. Those, those things, uh, there's, there's um, a lot of uh, talk about, um, you know, what, what we're running into next phase of rendering and vfx mm-hmm. real-time rendering right yeah. so now i can oh, yeah. i can work on stuff in real time without uh setting up these expensive you know hundreds of thousands of cores with uh you know hundreds of uh, petabytes of uh back end and doing these massive renders right mm-hmm. that are more more you know on the back end right after we uh set up all the frames, all the polygons, all the mesh. <laughs> and um, this is starting to really change post and 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 move this stuff to the next level. Like you said, uh, LED screens and, and real-time rendering. Oh, yeah. yeah isn't uh, that how the, what, the Mandalorian was filmed? Yep. You got it. Yeah, Same thing. LED background, uh, which I think actually saved them a lot with uh, in having to do some post work in terms of lighting because, mm-hmm. you know, you have that LED screen behind you that's obviously projecting some light on your back or in front of you or however you are. And that's, that's, you know, saving you a lot of post time and having to figure out that, like that ray tracing and exactly where that lighting should be coming from. Like the lighting's there, the, you know, the whatever neon that you just walked past that's reflecting off your helmet. You don't have to try and figure that out or guess that in, in post and, you know, a bunch of different iterations. It's just there and done. It's, oh. kind of, it's kind of funny. The Commodore 64 kind of set the stage for what we're doing now. Since you were talking about polygons, it was mm-hmm. like, instead of using pixels, they were using like uh, shapes to put together shapes to create uh, images on that uh, on that platform. So I think, you know, it's little pieces of, of previous computing have kind of grown into these amazing features that, you know, people thought were forgotten for a long time ago. Oh, 100 percent. You know, uh, there, there's a great uh, there, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, great customers that have said to us. Wow, Brian, you know, my, my GPUs for my, uh, my, my VFX pipeline, they're always thirsty, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, um, it's true. You've got, you know, what, millions and millions of polygons per frame, right? And yeah. thousands of frames. Um, you know, we, we talk about a lot of these shots that uh, we're running with VFX these days. And... I'm even in all of what, what's been going on in the industry. You know, back a few years ago, we would say, oh, you know, we'll take a few shots. We'll, we'll run with it. It's good, right? 
now yeah. we're seeing uh, major motion pictures with you know thousands upon tens of thousands of shots uh, per per film. I mean, it's 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 off the charts, crazy. I can't, I kind of miss I miss the old days of uh, of models though. Those were some oh yeah, <laughs> bunch of stop motion, yeah. stop motion, love it. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's next? I mean, what do you think we're doing next? What's the next kind of big thing that we can go after, or what should customers talk to us about? Sure. So a few things. Uh, number one, next big thing is how do we uh, now look at a lot of the post workflows with uh, you know your 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 raw codex, right? So, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, we're seeing that people will say, hey, you know, I, I want to do a lot more than just uh, work off of, you know, my, my proxy workflows. I want to go, you know, full res, mezzanine workflows, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to handle 8K uh, content, UHD content at hundreds, hundreds of frames, 100 uh, 120 uh, frames a second. That's what we're uh, now working into right now with a lot of customers, a lot of ISVs, right? Um, you know, that's that's a big thing. And this goes back to the consolidation of a lot of the broadcasters, a lot of the shops. We're starting to really look at, just like on the, on the back end, what can we do to consolidate a lot of these silos, right? So that we don't have to highly tune them. They auto tune so that we can uh, stop making copies of projects and sequences, uh, you know, frames. We do all this, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this day in, day out, right? Um, that's, that's definitely a super big a challenge that the industry as a whole is, is starting to consolidate on is, all right, you know, more UHD content, um, more, uh, more real-time rendering. Um, I got one more question for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we get this, uh, this amazing tiering capability of Leica, right? The yep. ability to move data, not from, from the flash tier all the way down to an object tier and be able to recall it in seconds, right? A gigabyte right. a second. How does that benefit, you know, the media entertainment? Is that something we can utilize there? I know, I know the zero copy we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Not having to move your data to do work. We can do yeah. high performance and high IOPS. But now I'm thinking about tiering. Can we do, is cheap and deep also important in this, in this world? In oh, context? yeah, yeah. You know, uh, a, few, a few things. Um, I see this as a single namespace conversation. A lot of people say, oh, I'll just p- place it on Glacier, Amazon Glacier, you know, deep archive tape, et cetera. That's great, but uh, I remember we talked to one person that said, look, I've got uh, an entire floor of tape dating back to the LTO2 days, no <laughs> joke. <right? laughs> and they said, we need to keep this stuff indefinitely. You know, we, we talk retention periods. Well, they're truly indefinite because what happens if they need a certain sequence, uh, a certain, a certain uh, you know, image, a uh, certain piece of content from... 10 plus years ago, um, they need to recall that very, very quickly. So something like instant retrieval within S3, uh, perfect use case here. Right. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, instant, instant retrieval, um, Josh, Bob, we actually had one customer that said, um, hey, uh, you know, we, we leverage 
that single namespace flash object. But um, you know, we 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 had some challenges with the uh, with with Flame, right? Um, they're running the the Frame Store, and okay. they said, "Look, um, I need to quickly restore." They the guy says, "Okay, um, go walk the dog. I'll I'll, you'll, I'll be right back." Right. And uh, before the guy could get out the door, he's like a VFX supervisor. Um, our guy says, hey, hold on. Don't walk the dog. Come come back. Uh, I think I got something for you. No joke. Uh, we were able to restore that from our S3 object buckets in seconds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing lost. No sequences, no projects, nothing. And uh, the guy was able to walk his dog <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all worked out well. But um, bottom line is, you know, whether it's fast retrieval, whether it's uh, retrieval from uh, 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 instant retrieval from an object bucket. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, uh, that single namespace makes a world of difference. Cool. So, so now we can say we are truly a data platform for M&E. Yep. hundred percent. You know, uh, we are the... Uh, new ME platform. We, uh, like I said, we're, we're doing a lot with a lot of post VFX play out customers. Um, man, uh, super excited and looking forward to, uh, you know, NAB New York coming up, IBC, of course, uh, you know, lots of other shows like SIGGRAPH in the not too distant future. Cool. Awesome. Well, well, Brian, thank you. I know you're busy out there. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, uh, much appreciate Cool. cool. And we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see more and more of Weka in the, uh, the titles of movies, or at least in the, uh, the, in the end, end titles, and then maybe get us uh, an IMD credit for the company as well. So. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 100%. With, so with that, uh, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And this has been a Clustered Conversation. See you guys. <laughs>